We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the NFC East Feast. After a brief hiatus, we have returned with the free agent frenzy. George, John, have you guys missed football as much as I have? Absolutely, man. It's a lonely, lonely weekend without uh, NFL football. Yeah, For sure. Man. Just, just happy to see you guys. Happy to see the, you know, talking football again, and looking forward to talking a little bit about free agency and what's been going on lately. It's, it's I feel like the first day of free agency, I texted you guys like, "Hey, man, when are we gonna jump on here and start talking on the pod?" <laughs> yeah, I, wa- I wanted to to like wait out a couple weeks to see if all the chips would fall. There's still some big names that are out there. I'm sure that. Um, th- these teams might wait until after the draft to, to see what the needs they, they still have. Uh, but, but let's dive right into it. I was going to go in reverse order of how these teams finish. So I wanted to start off with your guys, Washington Commanders. Pretty much, I'm just going to run down all of the moves that I have listed here. If I miss any or you guys um, want to talk about anything else, just let me know. But I'll just run through them all, and then we can kind of react as a whole to see how we feel about the Commanders offseason so far. And it started off with what I thought was a great move. It was first, I believe you guys franchise tagged Deron Payne, and then you signed him to the big money contract. I believe he's going to be perhaps the highest paid uh, defensive lineman in the history of the league and well-deserved. So happy that he's back for you guys. Uh, and then you lost your backup quarterback in Taylor Heineke, which I'm sad to see him leave the division. But to have him be able to go home to Atlanta and make Two years, $14 million. Good for him. Um, but but you bring in Jacoby Brissett, a solid backup, one of the better backups, even a fringe starter in this league. You lose uh, my favorite mullet, Cole Holcomb, signs with the Steelers. Uh, but then you sign um, the Seattle Seahawks linebacker, Cody Barton, to replace him. And then you guys bolster, bolstered the offensive line. You signed Andrew Wiley, who was a starting tackle for the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. And you make an interdivision move, you steal the giant center. Um, Nick Gates comes over. And other than that, I see here that you guys uh, re signed Danny Johnson. I'm not really familiar with him. I believe he's just a, a depth corner. But yep. as a whole, uh, George, how are you feeling so far about your boys? Do you, do you think that you guys are a better team going into the 23 24 season? Yeah, and I, I think we forgot to talk about Eric Bieniemy, you know, um, and how and how huge that signing was uh, to kind of clarify what we're going to do moving forward in our offense. Um, you know, I don't know if he had an opinion on the Nick Gateses or the uh, the Andrew Wileys of them, but I I look forward to these, you know, offensive linemen coming in. Andrew Wiley, uh, young cat, big body guy. 
was was a bit overlooked, um, if not kind of put down a little bit in the beginning of the year, uh, but really stepped up in the, in the playoffs and, and the Super Bowl. Uh, one of their better offensive linemen down the stretch. So really looking forward to seeing him uh, at that right right tackle position. I would assume, John. Yeah, he can play yeah. right tackle or right guard. So. I think we're going to probably toggle him or Sam Cosme, you know, however it susses out in, in training camp, wherever they decide Ooh, uh, yeah, that those that, guys are going to fit. Yeah. And, and I think it really brings depth too on the position uh, with, with Nick Gates and, and Chase. I mean, Nick Gates rocking the single box. I don't know if you've seen the guy, but he's rocking a, a face <laughs> mask uh, from a cornerback's position. So looking forward <laughs> to seeing that. Um, but yeah, Jacoby uh, being, you know, a veteran, a leader, uh, great mind in the NFL. I don't know if you heard this guy in interviews or in pressers, but this guy knows football very well. Uh, it'd be a really good add up for a really good kind of a quarterback coach to Sam Howell. Uh, who knows how that's going to play out, but but great depth in the quarterback position. And and honestly, having both Deron Payne and John Allen uh, re-signed and, and having that one-two punch up front is going to be huge for us. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting year. I, I think we might shop Diami. Um, Deami Brown might, might I heard that too. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel better than I did, um, before, obviously the ownership, we can get into that later, but, uh, no, I, I feel pretty rock solid about this Washington team. How about you, John? Yeah, I like our moves. Um, I don't think I, we were talking pre pod and, and I kind of made mention of it, uh, at the beginning of free agency, I was really surprised how many moves the commanders come, came out of the gate making just because of everything going on with the ownership, uh, you know, transition. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, is Washington, is the, is that staff going to be able to have the leeway or the go-ahead to make moves? And I'm happy they did. I agree with you. It's like we added some depth and some uh, some flexible guys on the offensive line and that I think slightly upgraded us. I don't know how, I don't know if, you know, they're like incredibly notable, but Andrew Wiley comes from that Kansas City offense, so he's already going to be, you know, comfortable with the enemy. Um, Nick Gates, you know, we had some injuries at center. So if anything, you know, if, if he, even if he's not stellar, I know we re-signed uh, Tyler Larson as well. So I think they're just at least trying to get some depth moves. Right. And I think that's always great. I think out of any position in football, you want to have the most competition, I think at the offensive and defensive line positions, right. You want those guys to push each other so you can figure out what works best. Oh man, Tyler, Taylor Heineke, dude, like such a bummer. Uh, you know, I think we all kind of talked and and he got those emotions stirring. But I think from a logical from a logical standpoint, the move obviously makes a ton of sense. Like moving on from him to Jacoby Brissett, if you listen to like the Mina Kimeses or the Dan Orlovskis of the world, like they they'll tell you that Jacoby Brissett is just technically a better player, you know, um, and, and from the veteran standpoint, if we're going to move forward with Sam Howell, having him behind Sam and having him help coach Sam. Um, coach Sam up from a from a quarterback standpoint, I think is uh you know shores up that room a whole lot. I liked our moves. Um, I think losing um, Taylor obviously was like the emotional one, the sad one. But obviously, as you mentioned, George, the biggest move was bringing in the enemy. The next biggest move is going to be when we sign a, or sign a new owner, technically, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But outside of those two big moves, bringing back to Ron Payne, I think. I think this coaching staff and the front office is doubling down here on our strengths. In my opinion, I think they're looking at that and they're going, we got to defend against the Eagles, right? And the Cowboys and the Giants who all have strong run games. 
Um, and I think that they're okay shoring up the, the center of the defensive line um, because that's our strong suit. And I think they're okay moving forward, you know, with that. And I think that's honestly how we intimidate people. Yeah. If we don't have that. It's, it's not that intimidating. Yes, yeah. We had a good, a good run players, defense, but like those two big bodies up front, like it's not fun to play us for sure. Yeah, we beat you up. And I think also one of the nice things about the moves that we made is I think that it does give us a little bit more flexibility in the draft. Um, whereas, like, we signed, um, uh, obviously, a couple of linebackers to help with depth. We re-signed, like, Kalik Hudson and a couple other, like, David Mayos of the world. Um, but then, Yeah, that was frustrating. But, man, I, I almost hope that he takes a long look at his football career at this point because he's had two serious neck injuries, and now it's like – but yeah, I think it gives us flexibility. We've got some extra depth pieces at positions of need. So now I think we have a little bit more uh, leeway in the draft. So I'm interested to see how, how it shakes out the rest of the way. Uh, one more move uh, that I forgot to mention was uh, perhaps what you guys would feel is an addition by subtraction, which is, of course, getting Carson Wentz off the books. <laughs> yeah, he's not even listed on my page here. No, that might be the totally biggest move, him. honestly. Yeah. Cut him. Yeah, um, I, I believe Carson Wentz's time in this league as a starting quarterback may be over. I think I think he's t- talented enough, certainly to to be on a roster as a backup. And if, if if somebody gets injured, you can put him in, knowing he at least at one point in time had the talent and confidence to make plays. At this point, I think he's kind of a shot fighter, uh, but he still obviously remains unsigned for for good reason. And another guy that I forgot, which will actually segue us into the second team we're going to talk about. Uh, you guys lost Bobby McCain. I believe is is a safety. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, he, was he, a, was, he was actually he was a starter. Us, Am yeah. I right in that? Did he he was a starter, yeah. but I think they liked everything that Derek Forrest had brought as a plug and play. Okay. Um, and I think he's going to end up kind of between Derek Forrest and um, I think they want to try. I think one of the biggest uh, resigns or uh, contract renegotiations coming up is going to be our boy uh, George um, Cam Curl. Cam Curl, yeah. yeah. So I think with yeah. with Cam Curl and uh, Jeremy Reeves for depth, as well as uh, Derek Forrest, I think they're they're okay with moving on. Did Bobby, Bobby McCain, McCain. resign already, or to sign? He's uh, sorry, not the Giants. Signed, yeah, signed with signed with the G. Yeah, signed with yeah. G. Men. Yeah, John, that's a great point. I know uh, both uh, Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest both had like uh, PFF grades last year of over ninety, two of the higher graded safeties in the league. Yeah. So I think it's still a strength for you guys. Um, let, let's go over to the Giants. As I just said, they, they got uh, Bobby McCain um, in an interdivision move. That's that's good for them. The Giants secondary was a point of weakness. But the biggest thing I think the Giants did, whether you love or hate the move, it was bringing in Daniel Jones. He got the same contract that Dak Prescott got. I mean, people thought Dak Prescott was overpaid, and he very well may be. I'm not going to defend him at this point in time. But Daniel Jones gets four years a hundred and sixty million dollars. Like this guy's making forty mil a year. That puts him, I believe, he's in the top five highest paid quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he did have by far his best season last year. He got him to the playoffs. They win a road playoff game in Minnesota before getting their ears boxed by the Eagles. <laughs> uh, but my God, Daniel Jones going to the bank. I, I, I don't know. I understand. You got to get paid. But did you guys? not watch the New England Patriots for 20 years when, you know, Tom Brady consistently took pay cuts so they could have an elite defense and, and throw to weapons like Randy Moss and Wes Welker and uh, Julian Edelman. Like, I, I don't know, but the giants pull the trigger on Daniel Jones, give him the big money. 
and they were able to franchise tag Saquon Barkley, which is, I think, having him back after the great year um, he had coming off of the injury. That provides some spark for that offense. It gives them some leadership. So the Giants are looking, I think, at least to be a repeat of what they were last year on offense, which was respectable. A couple big moves they made on defense. They signed Bobby Okereke. He's a linebacker who comes over from the Colts. Bobby Okereke, not your most well-known guy, but he got four years, $40 million. They paid that many. He's a good linebacker. He's a tackling machine. They lost Julian Love. He's a safety, but obviously they replaced McCann with him. Another guy they bring over from the Colts is Paris Campbell. He's a playmaking wide receiver. If you guys remember him back in the day at Ohio State, very electric player, but often injured. Um, we'll see what he does for uh, for the Giants with him and uh, my boy Richie James Jr. They certainly have some speed. Um, and Paris Campbell, I guess, I don't know if you saw, he's going to be one of the first players in the NFL to wear number zero. The league oh, nice. just to pass, pass the rule where players can now I wear like zero. That. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's cool. And Paris Campbell's going to rep that for his new team, the Giants. And they bring back a couple of wide receivers. They bring back Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. Shepard's coming off of a knee injury. Darius Slayton was kind of their default number one receiver all year, although, you know, as we call him, the ghost of Darius Slayton. I think he had over (laughs) (laughs) over 700 yards, and he's a familiar face uh, for Daniel Jones. Um, And they also, as we talked about earlier, they lose Nick Gates um, to you guys. So, So they'll be down a center. And their biggest pickup, man, I think they, they got Darren Waller from the Raiders. Oh, yeah. I believe it was yeah. for only a third-round pick. Yeah, big-time pickup for them, I think. Yeah. I had Waller on my fantasy team last year. He was maddening because he was constantly hurt, so he never really got the numbers. But a couple years ago, he got a big-money contract, and that's because I would say at one point in time, right behind Travis Kelsey um, and maybe at that time like Gronk, Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in football. Yeah, he's, a, he's an absolute unit, big target for Daniel Jones. So I think that's going to pay dividends for, for the Giants. Other than that, I see a few minor signings here that I'll go over. They get uh, Armani Aruwarier, that's a mouthful, a cornerback from Detroit. Jamison Crowder, they get a nice slot receiver from the Bills. Rakim Nunez Roches, he's a defensive tackle from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So just more depth for a coach Dable to work with. So I think the Giants, much like the commanders, I think they're looking for me a little bit better so that the NFC East's uh, constantly improving. John, how you feel about the G-Men? Yeah, yeah, actually, one thing that I didn't notice until you started listing off all the names was uh, I had seen a couple of the wide receivers on there. But, I mean, they got Isaiah Hodgins back, Sterling Shepard's back, Darius Slayton back. Then they obviously added uh, Paris Campbell and Jameis Crowder. So I think... That to me just says exactly what we were thinking with uh, with Daniel Jones this whole time. There was going to be one or two ways that this was going to go. Either uh, Dayball and the crew were going to say, we're ready to move on. He didn't show us enough. Or he did show us enough. Let's try to build around him. And I think that this is the, a nod to the latter. I think that they're saying we saw enough from Jones that, that we're willing to move forward with him. And I think that if if – Two of these wide receivers in this group are still on the team at the uh, at the end of um, you know training camp and and getting ready to go into the season. I, then I think I would I'd be surprised. I think you'll probably see like the likes of Isaiah Hodgins. I think they really liked him. Maybe Darius Slayton. If I don't know what kind of deals they sign these guys back on, but I can imagine the Giants are going to try to make some splashes at wide receiver in the draft. I would think. Yes. 
I like Jamison Crowder as an addition. He was always just a crazy hands guy for us. Like having him and Darren Waller for Daniel Jones just says to me, they want sure hands that he can like, he can check down to and and have safety blankets. Obviously the biggest move for them, like you talked about um, outside of contract contractually was bringing Saquon Barkley back on the franchise tag. That's huge for them. Hopefully uh, it doesn't end up the way that Washington's franchise tags always end up typically, which is like two years on the franchise tag and then see you later. I guess we're changing the mood there with Deron Payne. But Barkley, I think, is unfortunately just in a time where running backs are not going to get paid, right? Like we're seeing the same thing with Austin Eckler. Like these are two stud running backs, like top of fantasy football draft board running backs that like the NFL is basically just saying, we don't pay you guys anymore. So we'll either franchise tag you or you can kind of take, you know, what's given. Um, Yeah. So I hope say, I hope for Saquon's sake, they get him signed to an extension so that he's at least getting paid moving forward. um, Even if it's not for like insane money. Um, And then, yeah, the Darren Waller one, like I said, I think that's a great move for them. I think it gives Daniel Jones, uh, if not a, uh, a big body wide receiver target, at least he can default to kind of that safety blanket, you know, in Darren Waller. So I don't know, man. Um, any of those, uh, any of those moves stick out to you, George? Yeah. I hey, mean, George, I think that- George, before you hop in, I'm sorry. Something, something that just came across my mind. I wanted to piggyback on John's point about the running backs in the NFL. We'll talk about the Cowboys running back situation in just a few minutes. But you talk about the devalue of the position and um, how Saquon Barkley is going to struggle to probably get a big money deal. And I've uh, we'll, we'll we'll do a mock draft episode next month, but now that's what I'm really been delving into. Um, balls deep is this the NFL draft, and I'm sure you guys are aware of a young man out of the University of Texas named Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. This is a Adrian Peterson type level prospect, and they have him falling to the late twenties. That is how much the running back landscape has changed in this league. Bijan Robinson, to me, is a top five pick. I think he changes your franchise the way that Ezekiel Elliott changed the Cowboys franchise his rookie year. I think he comes in, rushes for fifteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns. It's it's just wild that that position has suffered so greatly. It's so crazy, uh, but George. I'm sorry to interrupt. What are your thoughts um, on the G-Men? Yeah, no, I I agree with you on the running back position, and I, and I think we all see that. You know, the game has obviously changed. We're, we're looking at more spread offenses, uh, more gadgets, more, you know, catch um, or receiving running backs. But in regards to, you know, the Giants, I think the depth there at receiver, I think we all hit on that. Darren Waller, um, you know, Jamison Crowder, uh, Paris Campbell wearing number zero as like Gilbert Arenas, bro. They got shooters. Out there. So, um, I'll, uh, <laughs> But uh, no, I think the depth there is, is is great to see. I think what we did not hit on is is really the lack of offensive line depth that they ha- still have issues with. Yeah. And if if we want someone like Saquon Barkley to to show out under his franchise tag, dude, you got to help the guy out. Um, yeah. I, 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 if anything, you've gotten worse with the loss of of John Feliciano um, and and our boy, you know, receiving Nick Gates at center. I just don't see the the improvement there. Um, I, I hope the best for Daniel Jones and, and getting great depth at, at the wideout position. Uh, I, I still think this offense slightly struggles in the beginning of the year just based off that depth. I, I don't see a lot from Evan Neal yet. Uh, he really needs to take a real big step in this development in year two. But, yeah, man, I, I look forward to seeing the depth. I look forward to see Darren Waller out there. I, I think he gets a lot of pub. I, I don't know how good he is long term, to be honest with you. I'm not in love with him like you guys are. Uh, but, I, yeah, we'll see. 
Dude, the, the Darren Waller story is amazing. Uh, it's there, a great story. A podca- great story. The podcast uh, that Will Compton and Taylor Lewan do is called Bussing with the Boys. Fantastic great content pod. by those guys. Um, they had Darren Waller on. When Darren Waller was a tight end at uh, Georgia Tech University, he used to mix vodka in his Gatorade. This guy was getting absolutely hammered on the sidelines of Division One football games and catching seven passes for 45 yards in the touchdown. Oh, my like, gosh. Yes. Yeah, this yeah, he, he had But a he did he bad. he dabbled in some hard drugs too, didn't he? Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He got he, he got into the pills and powders of the world. And I I think he credits his former teammate Max Crosby, who also um dealt with addiction and getting him out of that dark place. So we all root for Darren uh, regardless of where he's at. Um Did you see that got... cold the cold coldness from uh Josh uh Josh McDaniels? Uh, trading him uh, like very shortly after he gets married to uh, oh, yeah, an, an Oakland Kelsey, yeah. Kelsey yeah. Plum, yeah, the, the Las, yeah. Ve- Las Vegas Aces. <laughs> they both, yeah, yeah, they both played for Vegas. They got That's married. Cold. Both, yeah, yeah, That's very cold move. And of course, uh, you know, coming from uh, coming from that Bill Belichick coaching tree, Josh McDaniels, you know, he gives zero fucks. So yeah, like, they're gonna have to I'm find sure. a place somewhere in between, right? Get a house in Tennessee yes. or something. Or maybe sure the Las Vegas Aces um, t- trade Kelsey Plum to the New <laughs> the New York Liberty. Look at me there talking WNBA basketball here. <laughs> All right, but back back to uh, back to the NFL. Um, both of you guys highlighted uh, George' fantastic point on the, the the Giants' offensive line needed some work. Other than Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, all everybody, including as you said. Evan Neal, the high draft pick, um, needs to step up. And they need more punch at the wide receiver position. I would not yeah. be surprised if, if uh, the name Odell Beckham starts to heat up, if he yeah. can come back to New York. And don't forget that uh, for a certain price tag, uh, DeAndre Hopkins yep. uh, out in Arizona can be had. Gosh, so that would be Joe, huge. If I'm Joe Shane, um, what, what, are, what do you want? Uh, Arizona Cardinals get DeAndre Hopkins in the building. I think that changes the entire outlook of their franchise uh, with the Giants. I think all in all I, are above average uh, to me uh, at the end. I want to go through uh, all of us and give each team a grade. I'll, I'll hold off on mine for now. And uh, I want to get into my Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys to me guys as a bit of a Homer at, have had a, a pretty damn good off season, but usually they're very quiet. And uh, the off it, it started off by them franchise tagging Tony Pollard. Love to see that gets the one year ten million dollar deal. He's coming off of the broken leg in the San Francisco game, so I'm, I'm hoping he still has that same burst. Um, much rather see him come off of a broken leg than a torn you know ACL. But we'll see. But I'm I'm just happy to have Tony Pollard back in the building. And that's what we've done. I think Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones they've retained a lot of the talent that they had in house. We also re-sign uh, Terrence Steele, a swing tackle. We bring back Donovan Wilson, our starting safety. We bring back Leighton Vanderesh, our starting linebacker. We bring back Cooper Rush, a solid backup quarterback. We bring back Dante Fowler, a rotational piece of defensive end. We bring back Jonathan Hankins, a big body defensive tackle. And we bring back to Karis McKinley, who we traded for last year. He's just a body on the line, but he's another weapon for Dan Quinn to tinker with. So this Dallas Cowboys defense is going to be one of the best in the league once again, especially because we've added, I think, the biggest move in possibly the whole division, getting Stephon Gilmore for only a fifth-round pick for the Indianapolis Colts. I know Gilmore's been quiet the past couple years, but kind of because Indianapolis is garbage. I still think this guy is one of the better corners in the league. He's the only corner I can ever remember that won NFL Defensive Player of the Year. From that position, it's very difficult. So now all of a sudden we can take – Trayvon Diggs, 
who really maybe isn't the best skill set to be a number one corner because he gets beat over the top a lot. Now we can move him to a number two corner. I think that puts us up top with Philadelphia and Miami to have one of the best uh, cornerback tandems in the league. Very excited about that. And then Jerry, again, with more tricks up his sleeves, we get Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans for only a fifth and a sixth round pick. And that's awesome. I, I had my my high hopes. I, I, I thought the Odell pick was a little sexy. We're not going to get him. Of course, I want DeAndre Hopkins. That's not going to work out. But Brandon Cooks has had a 1,000 yards, guys, receiving for the New England Patriots, the New Orleans Saints, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Houston Texans with freaking, uh, what's his name at quarterback, Davis Mills. Like, this guy has had success everywhere he's went. He's immediately going to slide in there as the number two receiver behind C.D. Lamb. That pushes Michael Gallup where he should be at wide receiver three. And all of a sudden, that receiver room is a lot stronger for Dak Prescott. So very excited to have Brandon Cooks in the house. And for what it's worth, we signed Ronald Jones. He used to be on the Buccaneers. Last year, he was on the Chiefs. He's more of a depth piece, a running back. We definitely need to address running back in the draft. I already mentioned the name Bijan Robinson. I'm going to speak that into existence, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but not all uh, roses for the Cowboys. We lost a few guys. Starting guard Connor McGovern went to the Bills. Noah Brown went to the Houston Texans, along with handsome Dalton Schultz, that George Van Riper lookalike. That's a big loss, guys. Um, I, I love Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, our two rookie tight ends last year. But Dalton Schultz, the past three years, top five as far as tight ends in receptions and touchdowns. He's a huge safety valve for Dak Prescott. So that, that loss, I think, is pretty big. And, of course, we also lose Ezekiel Elliott. We choose to release him. I think, as, as you guys agreed on the uh, Carson Wentz move, that's probably addition by subtraction. But the market isn't exactly hot and heavy for Ezekiel Elliott. So I think if we do not draft a running back, don't be surprised if Ezekiel Elliott comes back to the Dallas Cowboys on a much more discounted contract. And I wouldn't be that mad at that. But all in all, very happy. We've been much more active than we have in previous years. How about them Cowboys, John Warman? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that last point you just made on on Zeke. Like that just that makes the most sense to me because I feel like Zeke is just a, a cowboy. Like I don't yeah. know if I could even see him anywhere else. But um, I don't know if he is addition by subtraction. Uh, I, I totally get them cutting him at this point or letting it letting him walk because they don't want to pay him the money, right? But uh, as you mentioned, Ronald Jones, I mean, don't get me wrong, Tony Pollard has definitely been the better of the two running backs, but you guys, I feel like I've lost a little bit of depth there. Ronald Jones yeah. seems to have a very similar, similar skill set to Tony Pollard. So, yeah, if the Cowboys sign uh, or draft, I should say, Bijan Robinson, or they target a, a running back in the draft, that wouldn't be a surprise to me. Dalton Schultz definitely seems like a big loss, um, but I think the addition of Brandon Cooks changes a little bit of what that offense can do and hopefully you don't see Dak having to constantly rely I mean right at the end of the season there it looked like he was constantly looking for tight ends um, yeah. whether it be in the red zone or just as a safety blanket if he was just kind of unsure on on a throw so Brandon Cooks yeah I mean the guy's a thousand yard wide receiver for all those teams as you mentioned because I feel like he doesn't run routes that are less than 40 50 yards right <laughs> yeah. like he's just gonna burn you and that makes all, things all the better for the Michael Gallops and the, uh, the CD lambs. Um, 
man, Stefan Gilmore, dude, when I heard that news, I was so bummed. That's like such a, <laughs> such a key signing for you guys. Cause now, like, as you mentioned, like he's a true number one shutdown style corner. I do think he's getting up there in age a little bit. I think he got got a couple of times last year with the Indianapolis Colts as it happens. Right. But now, like you said, it's going to, I think, allow Trayvon Diggs to do more work. Right. Cause now quarterbacks are going to have to try to gamble on the other side of the ball, right? They're not going to want to be targeting Stephon Gilmore as often. And that's going to give Trayvon Diggs, I think, a little bit more room to uh, to work uh, the way that he likes to. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, though, I mean, you guys kind of brought back a lot of the, a lot of the key pieces to your defense. Um, a locker room guy in Cooper Rush, you know, like the team and the, uh, the front office bang the table for him anytime he's had to step in. So I think uh, – I think so far, all three of these teams that we've talked about have done a lot of bringing back the pieces that were important to the team. And I think that like, you've got to give positive notes when, when teams are doing that. So I think it's huge for you guys. George? Yeah, no, I, I, I really agree with you guys. Um, bringing these key figures back. I mean, honestly, even, even with the add-on of Stephon Gilmore, it's really going to help Nation Wright and Kelvin Joseph too. I mean, those guys, True. you know, we all Absolutely. know they struggled on the back end, but having that veteran leadership there is going to really be helpful to to the, you know, just to the team as a whole on defense. And, and Dan Quinn, I'm sure, is looking forward to to having veteran leadership in that back end. Um, I will say, you know, losing Dalton Schultz, I mean, that's a quarterback's best friend. Like, yeah. that's Dak Prescott's guy. And then you mm-hmm. add on – and say what you want about Ezekiel Elliott, but that's also Dak's guy. <laughs> so best friend. Yeah. His best friend. So, so it, it will definitely be interesting to see kind of Dak working with the Brandon Cooks of the world. Great athletes, of course, but the chemistry might not start hot uh, in the beginning of the year. But I, I definitely think they they you know they've added great players. Uh, I think they even got better, but I, I am suspect to think. Dak lost his guys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, there, there's a couple of really very good tight end prospects in this draft. If we don't go after a running back, uh, I want names like uh, Michael Meyer out of Notre Dame and Dalton Kincaid out of the University yeah. of Utah. A couple great tight end prospects. Not sure if the Cowboys pull a trigger because those are probably first or second round picks. I wouldn't be surprised, but, dude. Honestly, he, he loves his tight ends. Yes, he always has. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, even when Dak was was a rookie and sophomore, he Jason Witten was a safety blanket as he was for many years with Tony Romo. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna want um, some security in the middle of the football field because uh, as we know, Dak is prone to the turnover. Uh, one more move I forgot to mention. <laughs> Not a big name, but we did sign uh, Chuma Udoga. He's a offensive guard slash tackle from the Jets. Not a household name, but he is someone who can who can provide depth at both guard and tackle. But we're going to probably have to address the offensive line in the draft as well. We're praying on the, the health of Tyron Smith, which doesn't ever really seem to pan out. But Tyler Smith, the rookie last year, along with, of course, um, Zach Martin are both elite and uh, our center uh, shout out to Tyler Biotish made his first pro bowl last year. So the offensive line, I was still, I would still say is above average. Yeah. You but, guys have uh, done well enough in the last decade, two decades, three decades with offensive line. I feel like the Cowboys just do well at the offensive line. Yes. It, it, it normally is a strength. A so shout out to the Jones family. Hopefully that tradition continues and we're going to finish up our free agent frenzy. Can I just with add the real, def- real quick? The yeah. fact that you can pronounce all these names from the Giants <laughs> and the Cowboys, it's honestly just super impressive, dude. The wordsmanship Thank you. of you. Uh, just, it's, Wordsmanship. Wow. I, could nev- I could never. I could never. Well, 
And I actually, I wanted to ask Brian, obviously you said, you know, you made a note of that you're like, you're praying for the Bijan Robinson uh, move in the yes. draft, but do where, I mean, outside of that, cause I have heard the same thing. I've heard the Cowboys are interested in him, but where do you think, I mean, where do you think, or where do you see the Cowboys going in the draft? If he falls to us, obviously we go there. If not, I, like I said, those two names I said at, at tight end, those are both big milk drinkers that, that fits that, that, um, that Dalton Schultz mold. Now that we got Brandon Cooks, I don't looking, think we, yeah. not as good looking. Absolutely no, not. No. Nobody is other than you, my friends. Uh, <laughs> but I think uh, perhaps a linebacker mm-hmm. uh, could, could be a possibility, but we just, uh, or defensive line, but we just signed uh, Jonathan Hankins today. And so, and that was going to be a I need. So I, I, I truly feel like this may be a best player available scenario for the Cowboys. Yeah. Somebody is, somebody's going to fall. Somebody's going to be there. Who's not maybe, if like Quinton Johnson, uh, a wide receiver from TCU, Save it for is there? The mock draft pod, dude. Save it for the mock draft. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. That's but, true. <laughs> yeah, but but I think we truly are because of all of the guys we got back in house. We're looking at the best case scenario, and that's just draft the best guy and let him help your football team win games immediately. Yeah, the Cowboys just need. have a ton of talent still. And they draft, they draft pretty well. Dak has two years left on this contract. I think we're in a win-now mode. Other than the San Francisco 49ers and the team that we're about to talk about, I think we are in the upper echelons of the NFC. We have to strike while the iron is hot. And one of those teams is the Philadelphia Eagles. And guys, the defending not only division champs, but the defending NFC champs, and a team that, I mean, we I haven't seen you guys. This is a, a team that came very close to winning the Super Bowl. But they lost a whole lot. I'm going to run through them right now. They lost defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, one of the better DTs in the league. He goes to the 49ers. The rich get richer. They lose starting running back Miles Sanders. He signs with the Carolina Panthers. Starting linebacker TJ Edwards signs with the Chicago Bears. Starting guard Isaac Sayamalu signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Starting safety CJ Gardner-Johnson, who led the NFL in interceptions, signs with the Detroit Lions. Look out for the Lions this year. I love them. Uh, Marcus Epps, another depth safety, signs with the Las Vegas Raiders. Linebacker Kaiser White signs with the Arizona Cardinals. Starting tackle Andre Dillard signs with the Tennessee Titans. Backup quarterback Gardner Minshew signs with the Indianapolis Colts. And wide receiver Zach Paschal signs with the Arizona Cardinals. Not to mention they lose Steve Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. Their offensive and defensive coordinators both get head coaching jobs. Kind of crazy. But they do bring back James Bradbury, a good corner. They bring back Darius Slay, a great corner. They get back Jason Kelsey, perhaps the best center of all time. They bring back Brandon Graham. They bring back Fletcher Cox. They bring back uh, Lane Johnson. Those They call those guys uh, Kelsey, Graham, Cox, and Johnson, the core four. Those are the only four guys who were around for the Super Bowl that Nick Foles won, and they were around yeah. for last year's Super Bowl. Uh, Rashad Penny, a playmaking running back from the Seahawks, comes over. They get Nicholas Morrow. They get Justin Evans. They bring back Boston Scott. They get Greedy Williams, a cornerback from the Browns. They get Terrell Edmonds, a cornerback, uh, excuse me, a safety from the Steelers. And they get Marcus Mariota, a very interesting backup quarterback signing. I think if anything were to happen to Jalen Hurts, you can continue to run the same offense with Marcus Mariota. So that, yeah, that could so. be a sleeper pick, the way that Jalen Hurts kind of sacrifices his body, although he's built for it. If he has to miss a game or two, you can implement the same offense with a flying Hawaiian. Uh, but all, all in all, I think the Eagles are the only team in the division that got worse, but I still unfortunately probably would favor them to repeat as division champs. George, how are you feeling about the birds? 
Yeah, dude. I, I honestly, I, I think you forgot their biggest loss. Gardner Minshew, What's that? dude. Um, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, great mustache. No, I, I think the I think the team is 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 as solid as it was last year. Yes, they you know they they lost some beef on the interior D line and and some skilled players, but I don't have much to bash the Eagles on. They just they have great chemistry. They still have Jalen, who apparently is working his ass off in the locker room and the gym every day. Um, I, I still like the Eagles a lot going into the new year. Again, I don't have much. How about you, John? No, yeah, I, I think the same sentiments. Like the Eagles are a well-coached team. They lost um, a couple of, of players that I think are big names um, and played well. But we're going to see, you know, moving into the year if they played well. Uh, not necessarily because of the scheme, but yeah, maybe a little bit, right? I think that the Eagles are were a very well coached team, and I think a lot of these players, um, CJ Gardner Johnson, don't get me wrong, was a great player with the Saints too. Um, but I think that not that he's plug and play, but I think that they're going to be just fine. Um, I mentioned, you know, pre pod the Javon Hargrave move. Um, I think that they're okay with moving on with some of the rookies that they've drafted. Uh, losing his name again Jordan Davis the the big boy from Monster. Georgia yeah like I think that they've drafted well enough as Brian mentioned they kept their core four which I was hoping uh that at least one or two of them would call it quits like Jason Kelsey's been rumored to retire same with Lane Johnson same with Fletcher Cox like those guys are gonna go here at some point and that those will be kind of bigger blows so the fact that they brought the four of them all back um is is pretty big for them I think um, but I mean, you got to expect that, right? When you make a Super Bowl, especially when you win a Super Bowl, a lot of times, like everybody goes out to get fed, right? So it's like, you got to, you got to expect you're going to lose the Kazir Whites of the world, the Isaiah Sayamalus, like you lose some of your guys, you know, you lose some of your, your, not necessarily cornerstones, but your, you know, your set pieces. Um, but I, I think they'll be just fine. Again, they're a good coach team. They got a ton of talent. The one move I think I was most interested when I saw it come through was the Rashad Penny move. I think Rashad Penny has shown flashes at times that I think he could be as productive, if not more productive than Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders has shown until last year, like, ah, is he really a guy? Is he really a top tier running back? Rashad Penny has a interesting stat. I saw uh, since 2021, um, his yards after contact, he's he's like one of the top five or top six in the league, I think, oh, wow. um, since 2021. So guy runs hard, guy's elusive. Like he doesn't go down on the first tackle. He he, he you know he'll fight for yardage. So them being a heavy run team, um, and they bring back obviously the staple in Boston Scott. Like watch out for Rashad Penny. He might be interesting as like a he's late round. Seattle, right? Yeah. Yes. And when he got the opportunity, he was injured early, I think, in his career. And they also had uh, my guy, Chris Chris Carson, Carson there, which I I loved Chris Carson for years. Um, But I think when Rashad Penny got his shot, you know, over the course of the last two years, um, he's looked really good. Um, So in that style of offense, he could definitely be a a, a decent either either, like I said, a, a complete replacement for Miles Sanders or maybe even like a little bit more of a boon. Good. Shout out to Rashad Penny. I, I believe I believe he went to San Diego State University, and Dang. they'll be playing in the the final four this weekend. Yeah. So shout out to the Aztecs uh, and uh, go Hurricanes. <laughs> but but um, John, your point on the Eagles' running game, I really do feel um, if you guys remember as they went on their Super Bowl run, 
Uh, Kenneth Gainwell uh, really emerged as kind of their lead back in the playoffs. Yeah. They still have him. Yeah. They got Boston Scott. And obviously, Rashad Penny is a game changer. And that read option offense with Jalen Hurts' yeah. threat of just his legs. You, you still have you another up. running. You have another running back that just so happens to throw 40-yard dimes down the field. So <laughs> the Eagles offense is going to be just fine because two people they cer- certainly didn't lose, or three people, I should say, are A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, Jalen Hurts still has his weapons. So for me, the Eagles are still a good team. I want to go through now and give everyone a grade. Let's start with Philadelphia, and we'll go backwards. For me, the Eagles had the worst offseason. They're still the best team. I'm going to give them a C plus. How about you, John? Um, I'm going to go with a solid B minus. I like I said, I just I, they definitely lost some players, but I don't think they got tremendously worse. So they did what yeah, they needed so. to do. George, go B minus as well. B minus. All right, now let's go to my Dallas Cowboys. I don't want to go totally homer and give them an A, so I'll go B plus for my Cowboys. How about you, John? I agree with the B plus. I honestly, spoiler alert, kind of burying the lead here. I don't think anybody did better than a B. I think the Cowboys same same situation. They brought back some important players. They got better at a couple of positions, so I'm definitely going B plus, flirting with A minus, um, just because of the the big addition to Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I'm gonna go George? solid B. Um, I just I, I think Dalton Schultz is is a big loss here. Um, you know, yeah. could recoup another guy in the draft. Uh, I I could go B plus if I was for sure about Stephon Gilmore and and being the the youthful guy he used to be. I'm I'm curious to see how he is, but if if he is who we think he is, uh, that could easily be a B plus to an A minus. Heard that. All right. For the New York football Giants, I'm going to give them a solid B. I think they did a, a pretty darn good job. I love the front office with Joe Shane. John? Yeah, I think a, a B here as well. Um, I think the most important thing was getting Saquon Barkley back under contract um, or, or under, a you know, the franchise tag um, moving towards long-term contract. And uh, bringing in the addition of Darren Waller definitely boosts their offense a little bit. So I like those moves. I'm going to go C plus, or George, excuse me. C plus, C plus? On, the, on the Giants, um, just because the not a lot of help with the offensive line. Uh, you know, we all, we've always mentioned, you know, the Giants have a bunch of B, B plus wide receivers. And guess what they have this year? A bunch of B, B plus Same wide receivers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go C plus just, just solely really based off that offensive line. All right, and we'll finish it up with the Washington Commanders. I'm going to also give them a B. I think they kind of did a similar thing as the rest of the division. Lost some guys, brought a few guys back, but a similar core returning for Washington. John? Yeah, same, B. Um, I'm happy with the guys that we brought back, and I think that's the most important takeaway. Um, if we if we could grade the B enemy grade into into this, you know, um, the mix, then I would probably step it up to an A because I think he's probably the best coach that we've hired in I don't know two decades, <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go totally homer here and go a just for the enemy. Um, I think he's actually gonna change this organization and franchise for the next five to ten years. Yeah, if if am, am I wrong here? Is, did he take that position with kind of like a backdoor handshake deal yeah. that when Riverboat Ron leaves, that he will be the next head coach? I so I, I, saying, I would I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I almost wonder just yeah, with say, so, in one of his pressers, he did mention because they kept 
badgering her and be wills about you know <laughs> why wouldn't you take a head coach jobs elsewhere why the hell would you come to washington blah 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 and he was mentioning his relationship with ron rivera and then he they asked him you know they they asked him pretty much the exact same question but they rephrased it and he said hey who knows what's going to happen next year but i'm focused on this year and that kind of tells me that next year might literally be him as a head coach yeah. This might be the last year for So I could see, like, if we take another small step forward, because, gosh, it's been painfully, incrementally slow, like these steps with Ron, right? Like, talking about how a rebuild takes three to five years, whatever. Oh, but I do think that one, one of the biggest pluses with Ron, I think, has been um, his somewhat like front office style moves, right? Cause he's been like a pseudo GM pseudo player personnel guy now. And I could see him doing kind of like the Buccaneers Bruce Arians thing, where maybe he makes a move uh, into the front office or into a uh, managerial role position. And then they kind of give the reins over to the enemy. Oh yeah, dude. Ron I think Rivera is I, like HR. Like that's yeah. who he is. <laughs> yeah. I think this uh, this situation for Coach Bieniemy, what he's walking into, is tailor made for him to kind of showcase to the league just how much of a genius offensive mind he is. Because I think it's very easy the past few years to dismiss him, and maybe the reason he hasn't gotten a job, saying, "Oh, he works under Andy Reid, one of the yeah. greatest coaches of all time." So he doesn't he doesn't really put his fingerprints on that Chiefs which offense. Which is a and bad they have Patrick... thing, apparently. Which is a bad thing right. to work under Andy Reid. But now, if he comes into Washington with a defensive-minded coach like Ron Rivera and pretty much a rookie quarterback in Sam Howell, and you guys put up above-average numbers, if you guys even approach the top 10 in total offense, that will give the enemy the validation that I think yeah. he really deserves. And I'll double down on that, too, because I think pretty much what Ron said out the gate, and I think Martin Mayhew kind of like you know reiterated the same statement, was they were like, hey— we're happy that Eric's here because now Eric is Eric's the offensive guy. Now we can go now we, we focus on the defense. We're hands off now. Eric is Eric's taking the reins. And you reminded me be this kind of tied into what you were just saying with with Bienemy getting all of the weapons that he's got in Washington because I think we were an underachieving offense the last 2 years. We've got a litany of weapons that I think are not utilized we're not utilized well enough with uh with Turner. I think that's a big reason why we have not moved on the Lamar Jackson thing. I think everybody suspects Washington is one of those teams because we've done stuff like that in the past. And I really think that that's one of the reasons why we're not moving on that because Lamar is just obviously for all of his amazing talents, he's not the best thrower of the football. And I think that we are set up to be more of a pass passing style team. It will, you know, if we put Patrick Mahomes on that offense, I think he would have similar success. We don't have the Travis Kelseys of the world, but we've got we have talent on the offense. Um, any final thoughts, George? No, man. Just looking forward to to you know doing the uh, mock draft. Um, what, what do you have, do? We have a date for that. Or what, what are we thinking here? Well, I believe the NFL draft is April twenty third, so I'd like to record it possibly the word. The week I think it's before. the twenty seventh. Be actually twenty seventh. Okay. I'm saying if let's do it. Yeah, the week it's Thursday before. the 27th, 28th, and okay. 29th. Okay, so let's do it. Maybe let's 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 tentatively say the third week of April. Maybe cool. we we'll record it that Tuesday or Wednesday. Give the give the, the the listeners like a solid ten days to take in the contact. Maybe we can uh, even get old Jeff Ludlow on the podcast, and like each one of us could maybe like take a team. Somebody takes the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Commanders, and we'll just do like a two or three round mock um, to see where they go. 
a lot of very intriguing prospects in this draft. So I'm, I'm very Heck excited. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've missed you guys, man. It's just good to get on here, um, see you guys and, and talk some football. We'll be back in April, like I said, to do the uh, the mock draft. And then May, June, July, August, we'll do a team preview for each team. And before you know it, it's going to be September. Football's back, baby. Back to football. <laughs> but I love you guys, and I love everyone listening. We appreciate each and one, every one of you. And this is the NFC East. Food.